Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. My name is Brad Watson, recording from my house, uh, just like I have been for the last several weeks. I hope that you are doing well, being safe, taking hold of each opportunity that you have to celebrate the life of Jesus and the truth of Jesus, taking each opportunity to make Jesus known. Uh, This week's episode, we're talking with Chuck Geschwin. Chuck is a lawyer, an elder at the Crossings in Paragold, Arkansas. He's a Saturate board member, and he is one of the leaders of Soma's South region, uh, as well as Saturate the South. He has a lot of hats. He's mentored uh, a lot of people, particularly around the the idea of, of being God's people, truth in the gospel, personal renewal, as well as global societal renewal. And so today's episode, I'm talking with Chuck about prayer and revival, which is a great segue into uh, what we're doing with Saturate this Friday. We're calling everyone who listens, everyone who participates, your friends, your family, whatever, to join us for a 24-hour day of prayer on Good Friday. It's going to start at midnight Pacific time and go until midnight Pacific time on Friday. Uh, that's a little confusing, but you probably get the, the picture. All the hours on Friday. Join us from wherever you are. You can go to saturatetheworld.com and click on 24-hour prayer, and you can sign up for a spot, and that's how you're going to actually be able to be part of the prayer room. It's going to be a virtual prayer room with prompts, scripture to read. Uh, you'll be able to introduce yourselves to people in other parts of the world and pray. The only way to get into the room is to register, so make sure that you do that. Pick a time slot and enjoy praying with the global church for the healing of our nations, for the revival and awakening of our churches, and for the revival in our cities and countries. So, so excited to have you join us. I'm really excited about this. I'm even hoping and longing it can become a regular rhythm for us as the church. Thanks for listening, and here's today's episode. This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Well, uh, Chuck, welcome to the Saturate Podcast. Glad you're here. (laughs) Yeah, it's easy for you to say. Yeah, podcast. Yeah. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing good, Brad. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. It's one of those rainy days in uh, Los Angeles, so it really takes the energy out of you when it's not perfect. Um, Yeah, and mostly allowing the reality of uh, all the stuff to further sink in, but now it feels normal. So we've been living in my house without leaving for four weeks now. So, yeah. yeah. It is a unique, unique season. It's certainly a more serious answer to how am I doing and feeling. I, I don't know that I've ever felt this needy before. Hmm. I mean, just especially I've got kids that are 18, 21 or two, two of them are seniors, just a lot of fear for them and just the need for wisdom to navigate, hmm. you know, places and waters I've never navigated before. So uh, just really, really needy and just need wisdom and you know, we're fighting something that's invisible and so very dependent. Oh yeah. I was talking with my missional community last night about how just feels like 
as this has gone on, the idols that I have keep getting exposed and keep getting more and more serious too. You know, like at the beginning it was, oh man, I can't watch the Lakers tomorrow night to a few nights ago, just praying, God, I just want my children to be healthy and get to 18. Can they just get to 18 and there'd be like a, and safe, you know, like, which it, yeah, it just definitely strips away all of that. It makes you feel really needy for important things, even. Yeah, yeah. Take for granted. Yeah. What what a one of the things I like to ask our guests is, what are you learning about Jesus these days? And I'm yeah, so curious to to hear from you. Yeah, man. Two passages that have been most meaningful to me in the last um, three or four weeks. The first Psalm 57, because it's a passage where David's trapped in a cave. Hmm. Uh, he's in his own real exile and real dark, and it went on for a long time. And that reading the whole Psalm, it's the first two verses have been, it's really powerful. It's really the first thing the Spirit led me to. 57 hmm. and then its companion Psalm 142 about David just in a cave. And um, just because we're, feel trapped, but not as trapped as David. He just cries out, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. So here's David in a cave taking shelter. He experienced tons of intimacy with his God just in the shadow of his wings. That cave was pitch black and still yet he sees and he feels the shadow and that, that stuck, stuck out to me. Hmm. Uh, but then even this phrase that even the midst of that, he had such confidence in Jesus and his God that says, God who fulfills his purpose for me. You imagine hmm. being hunted down by the king not knowing if you're going to live or die the next day and you're stuck in a cave for a long time and you can cry, pray, but it's like, well, God, you're going to fulfill your purpose for me. Hmm. So I've received a lot of comfort and hope from those two verses. Hmm. Uh, and if I might, just one more, I've yeah. really gone to Jesus is really the prophet who dwells in us. Um, so I read a lot of Isaiah 40 through 40 and 50 and these few verses in chapter 46 jump out. Uh, he starts out in the first verse of Isaiah 46, talking about how heavy it is when when they're carrying idols, when, when they're carrying, and it says you're basically like you're carrying your burdens as weary beast. Uh, he says, you know, they cannot save the burden, but themselves go into captivity. It's like your idols are heavy and not going to accomplish anything. And just like you said, we're being stripped away of these heavy things. But these next two verses, he tells us lots of ways in which we don't need to carry heavy idols, but he's actually carrying us. And he says, mm. listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he. And to gray hairs, I will carry you. Mm. I have made and I will bear, I will carry and will save. Mm. So he carries us from before our birth, into the womb throughout life till we die. Hmm. He's made us, bears us, carries us, and saves us. So, uh, man, just wow. love the idea that I'm being carried all the time, and especially in this season, uh, by my hmm. God. Yeah. 
Wow. And that's so, yeah, so intimate and beautiful. Yeah. That were born of me before their birth. Yeah. yeah. And all through our whole existence that we're being carried. Yeah. Yeah. yeah He's kind of got this. So yes, I'm learning his <laughs> uber impressiveness. Yeah. We really need him and he really has us. Yeah. 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 Which is, yeah. Yeah. I keep, I keep learning in this season that like, until we believe that, that we don't have anything and he's all we've got, we really haven't begun to worship or seek him, Yeah, you know? And that's just, that's a big theme for me right now. And that just, yeah, that lines up so much. And yeah. And, and how does that, how's that kind of change in the way you, yeah, operate? If that's what the spirit's leading you in and, I mean, already before COVID, I mean, my, I'm old, you know, Brad, I'm getting old. <laughs> I, I'm 58. I'm just in a season where I've tried lots of things, done lots of things. And, and by God's grace, I'm just hungrier for the Lord than I've ever been. Um, and so I'm, the best way I know how, I'm just trying to live as many of my moments every day in the conscious awareness of his presence. So, I mean, mm-hmm. starting my day, you know, fixed offices, hours of prayer, finishing my day well, I mean, all in trying to pay attention to everything around me. So this just helps me, I guess, on a different level, just pay attention, hmm. pay attention to the God that's around me, in me and for me. So that's how it's changed things because he's the same and he's speaking, he's leading, hmm. he's carrying. I just need to wake up, awakening, yeah. right? Another good word for revival there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, awaken, awaken even more to his presence. Hmm. That's so good. And I think that's, that's encouraging for, for people listening to, to be awake to his presence. I've, uh, you know, a lot of folks in our church are, are furloughed from work or completely don't have work mm-hmm. a whole bunch. Um, and they're kind of just sitting at home, especially those without children or, even spouses and stuff. And they're just like, what am I supposed to do? You know? And it's just like, why do I even wake up? And, and I think there's, there's something of that of like, that that the spirit would wake us up in every way, like physically and spiritually, and that we'd be alert to, to speaking. And I think it can just be such a sweet time for Mm -hmm. us right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. That does a kind of transition to, uh, you know, why we wanted you on here today to talk about prayer and renewal, revival. But first, you know, what's so important about prayer? That's a big question. A <laughs> I, big, yeah. It's, the best it's, questions are the big, simple questions, the right? The big, simple questions that my children ask, yeah. That's right. Well, and to let you audience people know, he asked me this question this morning, so I've been thinking about this question. <laughs> and... uh like a good lawyer, I just rephrase the question the way I like it. Maybe, <laughs> nice. maybe some paraphrases. What's so important about prayer, or what's so important about intimate relationship with God and conversation? Yeah. What's so important about presence? And the two just themes that jumped out to me, Brad, were um, without prayer, we will mislead our people, hmm. including ourselves, and we'll miss God. There's hmm. just a statement been resounding in my ears for two years. I heard in a Mark Sayer sermon that Christianity without presence is toxic, Hmm. that Christianity without presence is toxic. So really more tragic than any virus is just in the midst of a crisis, missing out on what God's doing. And my mind just goes to Acts 
and how easy it is to miss God. I mean, it was the very nation of Israel, the very people of God who missed the presence of God. Hmm. You know, in, in chapter seven, it says in Stephen's sermons, like you are always resisting the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Because the Holy Spirit was surrounding the nation and they just kept, kept having to say hmm. no, no, and resisting his presence and quenching the spirit. And and the early church did the same thing. Ananias and Sapphira, they were, I mean, even in trying to do Christian things and Christian disciplines without the presence is toxic. Hmm. I mean, you know, Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5 were trying to give money generously and they gave a huge pile of money, but they lied to the Holy Spirit. So they lied to the presence and they dropped dead. Then you go to Corinthians and they're trying to practice communion and they were doing it selfishly and they resisted the presence and says, hmm. um, died. And then Jesus says, you can pray without the presence if you're doing it to be noticed. Mm-hmm. You've already gotten your reward. And then mm-hmm. Jesus also taught these Pharisees, like, you can do evangelism all you want, but if if you do outside the presence of God, you make them twice the child of hell uh, is when they started. So it's like, yeah. even trying to do good things, Christian things, spiritual disciplines, all that's toxic if we're not doing it, keeping in step with the Spirit or in His presence. So prayer uh what's so big and important about prayer is so that we don't operate outside his presence it's the way that we are intimate with him in conversation both in listening and in speaking so in a lot of ways it's just a metaphor for relationship uh so i just i don't want to miss god in this season i don't want to mislead my family and my missional community and in our hmm. church and, and other leaders that I get to work with. So hmm. there's probably more, but that's two biggies for me. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the presence of God and to lead well and to not miss that. I think that's, that's so key. I, I think it's so easy to rush to activity. Hmm. Even, yeah, even when we're exiled in our homes, it's so easy to just rush to activity yeah, that's my one of my fears for leaders that I've been able to voice to some of them is like, man, there's so many opportunities and there's so many great ideas, mm-hmm. but you can't do everyone else's great idea. So don't presume upon the Lord that someone else's great idea that may even be working is God's idea for you. You know, you've heard absolutely. That, and you'd rather have one God idea than a, than a thousand good ideas every day because mm-hmm. God can do more in five minutes than we can in five lifetimes. So. Just relax. <laughs> yeah. uh, only do. It's what Jesus did, right? Yeah. John talks about it. he only did what the Father told him to do. And that's yeah. that's all we have to do. We don't have to do what yeah. everyone else is doing. Yeah, that's a, it even the, the week, the Tuesday before LA went into quarantine, we had a saturate meeting where it was either Duke or Jeff was given a real like firm like, hey, we're going to listen to the spirit about whatever we're doing with that, whatever, anything we do, any tweet, any Instagram thing, any, whatever, any resource, any event, like that's, that's how we're going to do this from now on, you know? And it, and in that meeting, I had to confess to the whole team of just like, you know, I've never prayed over any resource we've ever published. Like mm-hmm. I've prayed over it. Like God help me finish writing this. God yeah. help the editor finish it. God help us sell some, you know, honestly, yeah. help people read it and not hate me, that sort of thing. But I never from the outset had I kind of sat there and thought, God, like, what do you want me to write? What do you want us to produce? Yeah. What do you want us to do? And, and I think that, you know, one of the reasons I bring that up is, you know, saturate is 
in a large part, a content developing organization. And it feels like that's what a lot of pastors are becoming. Churches are becoming. And I just think that, like you said, like, man, we can sit and pray and the father can do so much more without us uttering a word or typing a word or Mm. without a five minute iPhone video than, than whatever, than we can ever do. Yeah. Well, two things. One is as a saturate board member, I'm super pleased to hear that. So (laughs) proud of the team. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to be on that team. I'm on the right team. Love it. Um, let's do it. Spirit's pretty impressive. Second, this old phrase keeps popping out of my head. It's like God's ways are beyond figuring out. They hmm. must be revealed and we hmm. must. Hmm. So we just need to listen. He's a good leader. So, yeah, that's so good. And, and I think that that does tie into prayer for revival or for renewal, hmm. which I think for a long time I've thought, Oh, we need to pray so that God brings revival. But I think like, you know, like what we're talking about, God's presence, his leading, it's actually like, God, tell us what to do for revival. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How do you, how do you see that connection of prayer and, and revival? Well, revival um, is God's will for planet Earth. I mean, you read, we read the end of the story, right, Brad? Hmm. Revelation 21 and 22, we have revival. We have the perfect presence of God in our midst. And all the justice items of the kingdom will all of a sudden appear and be present as we see Jesus face to face. And so we're built in our soul for to live in the true kingdom. And revival is just waking us up and moving us to experience more of Jesus' kingdom, which is the way he taught us in hmm. his, you know, his pattern prayer, you know, that kingdom come. And yeah. so, I mean, that's the connection. Anyway, so... I'll be quiet and let you ask another question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that that's, that's a great question. And then I think something I've been chatting with people about for several months, like all the way back to October, October is the first time I remember being with someone and praying and just beginning to feel this way. And then I've talked to many that they felt the same way is that we really are on the cusp of some sort of awakening in the, in the world, not yeah. just, not just in North America, not just Arkansas or California, but just like, and as time goes on, it seems more and more evident. What are you feeling or, I don't know, hearing from the Spirit about revival in, in our lifetime? I will go back to January year, uh, year almost a year and a half ago. And actually, your, our good friend Duke at our summer retreat, quoting one of our old profs, talked about how that most human generations can expect in their lifetime to experience revival one time, you know, so every 70 or 80 years, most places on the planet, mm-hmm. we can experience some sort of revival. And again, as the an old, older guys, like, well, I've never, I've <laughs> never experienced that kind of revival. And it, that jump started me. And, and I was already beginning to read some Richard Lovelace and Mark Sellers and those guys on the This Culture Moment podcast and some other books that they were recommending. So that kind of just poured some gas really on, on my fire um, and just created a hunger to study revival because the more we see how great acts that God's done through history, I think his past faithfulness fuels fresh faith and fresh praying. So, And then in the midst of that, I was reading Walt Kaiser's book called Revive Us Again. It's about 16 biblical revivals, eight Old Testament, eight New, I believe. And he says the 
most famous single verse on revival in the scriptures is Psalm 85, 6. Won't you revive us again that your people rejoice in you? Hmm. So everywhere I've gone throughout the South, kind of in my sphere of influence, and I just keep inviting hmm. people to join me at 856 every night to pray for revival. And um, won't you revive us again? Won't you make us alive again that your people may rejoice in you? And, um, and it's been interesting because I realized I was never taught to pray for revival. And I was doing it with one of my um, renewal coaching cohorts this week. And a guy, a lead pastor, was like, was thankful for that challenge. And he goes, yeah, I guess I've just been praying for survival, not revival. Mm. And that just was so weighty on me. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. well, I mean, who's teaching people to pray for revival? So yeah, it's in, it's in the scripture. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's been my encouragement to people. Because we tend to be cynical, right? You know, is God really going to do that? And so mm-hmm. at least if we pray, hit our knees every night at 8.56, whatever time zone you're in, and pray for revival for one minute even as a start. Mm-hmm. Maybe one minute, one day at a time, we can melt away the cynicism in our heart yeah. and really become more and more, have our heart warmed and have our heart just really become more expectant to all the great things God's able to do. And he can do them all of a sudden as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the way revival comes. It's absolutely as Sam Storm says, it's it's the surprising sudden sovereign act of God. We can't force right. his hand. But one reason that I've grown in expectancy, Brad, is because another mark of every revival is that it's gracious. Hmm. We don't deserve it. We don't hmm. we never reserve, deserved it and we don't deserve it now so why not you know why not us why not now so <laughs> That's exactly uh, right. So we're we're not saying oh okay we're praying hard enough now send yeah. it. I mean that's that's not it at all. Like we don't deserve it but man I'm being awakened to how desperately I need it. Oh yeah. Oh it's so good and even the the verse Psalm 85:6 after the verse you've read it says show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Yeah. Uh, that, that we would see also last night, a, a, a woman in our missional community just kind of broke down for like, there's just so many people that need salvation and they need it. They need salvation so they could stop so they could know love and they could love other people because we were just yeah. messing it up. And she was kind of like broken for the, for the reverberations of like, yeah of salvation coming. But then I love also verse eight, it says, I'll listen to what God the Lord says, you know? And, and, I, and I just think that that's, he promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. Yeah. It's just like, but will we be a people that listen? And, and I, yeah, I think that, yeah, that kind of intersection of prayer and revival and awakening, like you said, it's just like one minute, one minute a day that can grow into a couple minutes. But, I, I honestly believe it's like my wife and I, before all this happened, we were looking into one of those BMW hybrids. They're, they're really, they're ugly. I don't know. They're plug, they're electric. You plug them in. They're not a beautiful car at all, but we were looking into buying one. Uh, they're not as expensive as it sounds. Anyway, board member, um, they're paying me right. You know, I'm not getting paid too much. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, none uh, of y'all are being paid enough. <laughs> thank you. Uh, when we were researching and we're like, man, I've never seen this car before, but you know, we all, that we've all experienced that. Then you begin to see it. We saw that car. It's like, Oh, everybody's got this car. Our neighbor has this car and we didn't even know it. 
and I think that that is some of like what the Lord does with prayer. Whenever we begin to listen to his voice, we begin to see it more and more. And we do see cynicism melt away. Mm. Um, but I do think oftentimes we're kind of like, yeah, we're, we're like the disciples at Simon the leper's house who, you know, they see this lady worshiping Jesus and they're like, I think we could do something better with this money or with this time or whatnot. And I think that's, that's a lot of our cynicism is like, but, but couldn't we be more active? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we should do a huge Instagram campaign and that's, what's going to change the world. Not, not prayer. Yeah. (laughs) Not, not God, not just adoring his presence. Yeah. Yeah. Can I share one thing that's really absolutely pray for revival? Absolutely. Uh, read tons of definitions, you know, and some people want to parse out the difference between awakening, renewal, revival. I'm kind of a simple guy. So I'm just kind of lumping all those into one category. Although I do think, you know, it's personal renewal that actually I believe is promised. Uh, we can have that every day. Second Corinthians 4, 16 says, so we don't lose heart, though wasting away outwardly. We're being renewed day by day. And so different talk for a different day. But if we pray for corporate revival, the best practical grassroots definition I've heard that really helps me pray specifically. Hmm. And this isn't my definition. And I have no idea whose it is though. I've read enough definitions, but (laughs) here's one that helps me, Brad. I can just tell you what helps me is that revival is, is the sevenfold magnification of the ordinary works of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Sevenfold magnification of ordinary works of the Holy Spirit. It's not that the Holy Spirit does something we've done before, his ordinary words are magnified. So I began to just to think about that and pray through the ordinary works of the Holy Spirit. So just imagine for a moment, if, if, if one of his ministries is to pour out the love of the father into our heart, what if, what if your city, your church felt loved by God seven times more than they've ever felt, Mm. which by the way, Augustine said is the pivotal factor for the local church is to have a Romans five, five supernatural outpouring of the love of the father into your into your people. Mm. What are we doing? You know, (laughs) that is kind of to go on from there, not to preach a sermon, but what if every time we read the Bible, there was seven times the spirit led illumination or the Mm. spirit led conviction of sin and the seven times godly sorrow, which would lead to seven times the depth of mourning and and confession, which would lead to seven times the felt forgiveness Mm. and cleansing the first John promises and seven times the comfort over, all of our pains and hurts and seven times the healing of emotional and physical wounds and seven times the empowering courage for, for witness and seven times the specificness of even prophetic words to build up and encourage or console or seven times the magnification of the sign gifts or seven times the felt presence of God yes. or seven times the fruit of the spirit or seven times just awareness uh, of how to keep in step with the spirit. So whatever office or job or role, the Holy spirit, and just begin to imagine what if it got magnified seven times. So that just helps me pray and get yeah. hungry God to do that. Cause that helps me go, man, I would love to be part of a missional community like that. <laughs> That's right. And I'd love to be part of a family or church or a city that was experiencing those things. And so what's really done in my heart, it's given me the freedom to pray. God, just convict me. It's like, I, hmm. I don't want to get away with sin. Convict me, you know, let me sense conviction so I can confess it and, and receive your love and forgiveness and cleansing and, and filling. So. so good. Oh, yes, please. Do it, Lord. Yeah, do it.
Mm, that's so good, Chuck. Uh, and that's so helpful, I think, if people can imagine that. And, and that can like stir our hearts for, for that kind of prayer. Yeah. Because yeah. I used to hear people say, man, I'm praying, may the spirit be poured out. And that's actually in the Bible. And I'm like, but it didn't, <laughs> that was kind of vague. And, I, you know, I'm like, I guess I wasn't motivated to do that because there was a lot of lack of understanding on my part. But when I, with that framework, it helps me, yes, pour out your spirit and do all that and more. Mm-hmm. And as we know, I mean, revival is making alive something that used to be alive. So it starts in the people of God. Mm-hmm. And then like your missional community member has the heart for then it even mm-hmm. spreads uh, outward. In fact, mm-hmm. interesting, Tim Keller is one of the first signs of renewal is when sleepy church going Christians get rapidly converted within and like the whole right. church now going, oh my gosh, that I, I know that person. I've watched that person for a decade and now they're filled with life in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Then it pours outside the walls of the church. So that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, my little commercial here is that's what we're going to try to do on uh, good Friday, this Friday. I'm signed up. They're signed up. That's so great. You go to saturate the world. It's there's buttons all over the site. I don't know how it works, but, uh, yeah. uh and you can sign up for a 30 minute time slot or three hours or whatnot. And that's what we're going to be praying for is for the, the church to know the presence of God for, for us to s- pray for supernatural healing of, of the nations uh, but also praying for the church to be awakened with God's love and then for, for our world to actually experience that kind of awakening as well, uh, that kind of revival. And so, yeah, I would love to have people join us. Please join us. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of cool. I know there's people signed up in, uh, yeah, with all the time zones. So like, that'll be pretty exciting and uh, it'll be a zoom call. People can uh, jump on. There'll be prayer prompts leading you through the, your 30 minute time and hopefully there'll be other people on that call as well. And uh, we're not recording it and there'll be, it'll be password protected and stuff. So you have to register to join the call uh, or you won't know how to get on it. But um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So we already have people in every time slot you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. generally okay. not every our time zone. Yeah. So we've got okay. some people in Asia, some people in Australia, okay. people in Europe. Latin America. So I, I'm pretty excited about it. So, and we're uh, doing that the, this Friday. This good Friday, Friday. This Friday, Good Friday. Yeah. Starting at midnight Pacific time. Is that right? Yes, because I've decided Los Angeles <laughs> is the center. <laughs> I spent a lot of time debating, like, what time zone do you start with? And then I just decided my own. So there you go. So, which I think works out great. If you're, you know, around the world, it's, you know, it's, it's more like, you know, 6 p.m. for you when that starts or whatnot. Um, I, and it all gets done before Easter, so. Yeah, and it'll all be over before Easter. And, and I yeah. think that's a, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And that is the most we can do right now is be aware of his presence and follow his lead, do what the Father asks us to do. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah, we need to come to the end of ourselves and just ask him to do what only he can do. That's we exact. need him. Amen. And uh, yeah, thanks, Chuck. Thanks so much for joining us. This is so good. Uh, so many good nuggets there. You'll have to email me your favorite books uh, that you've been reading and I'll share them with everybody. Okay. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. 
We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.